the top five Vikings to leave Minnesota and have success elsewhere. That's coming up on today's Minnesota Sports Rankum. This is Minnesota Sports Rankum, part of Locked On Sports Minnesota, and it starts now. It's the show that settles debates and starts new ones. Hey, everybody, I'm Sam Ekstrom of Locked On Sports Minnesota. You can find me on the Ron Johnson Show, the Minnesota Football Party, and on this program that has new rankings for you every single week. I'm joined by my sidekick, Luke Inman. He's at Luke underscore Spinman. He's a big part of the Minnesota Football Party as well, and he writes the NFL Draft Buzz newsletter here at Locked On. Luke, another week, another list. Uh, another Thursday, another great rankum episode to pump out here with you today, Sam. You got a great idea here today with Dalvin Cook obviously playing elsewhere this year. Just how much is that going to sting watching him ball out in a uniform that isn't purple and gold? So can't wait to see your top five and compare and contrast. You could do a top five list just for this offseason. No kidding. Because you're going to have Thielen, Kendricks, Zadarius, Dalvin, maybe Daniil, Patrick Pat Peterson, Duke yeah. Shelley might be going to the Raiders and balling out. So there, there's a lot of departures this offseason who could add to this list. Um, but going back through Vikings history, who are some of the biggest they got away stories? Uh, we get into our top five in just one moment after I remind you that we are brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook, the official sportsbook partner of Locked On. Make every moment more at fanduel.com slash locked on. Uh, you can comment below too. Uh, we might forget one along the way. Who are some of the Vikings that got away from Minnesota and had success elsewhere? Luke Inman, we always give you the courtesy of starting first. Who is your number five on the list? So I don't know about you, Sam. I really focused on the last 10, 15 years or so. I mean, there's guys like Tyrone Carter who left Minnesota. He balled out in Pittsburgh for a handful of years. Guys like, you know, Brad Johnson leaves Minnesota, wins the Super Bowl with the Bucks, but really honed in on this last decade or so with my list. Having said that, number five, kick things off. How about Jarek McKinnon? Third round running back drafted by Rick Spielman. Always loved the way he complimented AP with more of that Quick, explosive running style, but anytime you're sharing the backfield, sharing snaps with a future Hall of Famer, you're going to be hard-pressed to get the playing time you probably deserve. And even though once he left, he still joined other running back rotations and committees, and he's never been the guy, so to speak. Seeing what he did last year with the Chiefs, scored 10 touchdowns, nine through the air, mind you, just goes to show like how great of a talent Jerick McKinnon has always been, not just as a runner, but just an overall athlete. I remember him coming out of Georgia Southern, actually, when he was drafted. He played running back, quarterback, and even cornerback. And he was never really able to make like a huge impact here in Minnesota as far as touches go. But Jarek McKinnon, man, despite hitting the daunted 30-year-old mark for running back, still doing big things. Doesn't show any signs of slowing down anytime soon. Even got a Super Bowl ring in the process. So mm -hmm. I'd say he's doing okay since he left Minnesota. The Jet, number five on my list. Yeah, um, and I would. he's not in my top five, but he would be in my honorable mentions right in the same zone as Cordero Patterson, another versatile offensive piece that won a Super Bowl when he moved on, kind of reinvented his role and what that looked like. That's another honorable mention for me. But my number five, 
someone by the name of Culpepper. Brad Culpepper. Yes, not Dante. We're talking Brad Culpepper, the 10th round pick in 1992. Luke, he spent two seasons with the Vikings. He made two starts and then went on to play for the Buccaneers. And he was great with the Buccaneers. A defensive tackle, he had 33 of his 34 career sacks after he left Minnesota. Six years on a very good Bucks team. 33 sacks, Luke, in six years as a defensive tackle. That's pretty darn good. But here's my favorite part is that Brad Culpepper went on to play in my favorite all-time reality show, Survivor. Yes. And he was a great player on Survivor as well. Um, And not representing the Vikings, representing the Bucks, of course, because, hey, the Vikings cut him loose, and he went on to Tampa Bay and was a great defensive tackle. So we're going back over 30 years there, but Brad Culpepper cracks my list number five. Uh, Survivor fan as well. Season 27, Brad Culpepper finished 15th. Blood versus Water. Go back and check that one out. Number four on my list, kind of a lot like Jerick McKinnon, the fact that got the all-around skill set, the coaches love, pure athlete. And even though Cordero Patterson was drafted as a wideout, it was so clear the way you maximize this guy's talent by just finding a way to get the ball in his hands. And it was so frustrating here in Minnesota for fans watching him get force-fed in the passing game when all along the team should have known better and used him first and foremost as a running back. Obviously made a huge impact on special teams. Still to this day, he's doing that. Number one kickoff return man in NFL history with nine touchdowns. Five of those happened here in Minnesota. But more impressive... What he's been able to do now in Atlanta as a true in-between-the-tackles running back under Arthur Smith, three All-Pros since he's left Sam in the return game, but just in the last two years in Atlanta, almost 2,000 yards on offense and 19 touchdowns, two seasons, just on offense between the run and the pass game. Just turned 32 years old because he started off his career maybe a little slow offensively anyways from a snap share stand count. I think he may still have another few great years left in the take for the Falcons. Flash, number four on my list. Man, Flash and Jet were on the same team together, Luke Inman. Especially at the price it would have cost. He didn't break the bank. I mean, that's a tough one to swallow for fans, uh, watching him still thrive in the league for the Falcons all these years. Yeah. Having having McKinnon and Patterson, not for one, but for two years Mm -hmm. together and not really figuring out a way to maximize them. That's a a disappointing look back into the Mike Zimmer era for sure. And the Norv Turner era. I blame Norv just as much as I blame Mike Zimmer. Uh, My number four, let's go back to 1994, another blast from the past. This one's um, significant because he's a first-round pick. Dwayne Washington, cornerback. First round pick in 1994 of the Minnesota Vikings. This is just a guy that played out his rookie deal in Minnesota and and then moved on. He played four seasons with the Vikings, had 10 picks, and then went on to Pittsburgh and had himself a career. 92 starts as a Steelers cornerback, 19 interceptions, including 14 of them in the first three years, couple of touchdowns, uh, fumble recovery touchdown, just a, a really good all-time player for Pittsburgh. And I assume if you talk to a Steelers fan, they would say, oh, yes, Dwayne Washington, love that guy. Kind of the way that we look back, Luke, at a Robert Griffith or an Orlando Thomas, 
um, someone like that from around that era. Dwayne Washington had most of his success with Pittsburgh after being a first round pick uh, by the Vikings. So he's the number four on uh, on the Vikings that got away from the franchise. What do you I, think? I respect you went in the archives a little bit further, did a little bit more deep digging. Again, last 10, 15 years for me, number three on my list, Stephon Diggs. No need for the long breakdown here. Obviously, the bar was set so high once he left, and rarely do those types of moves pay off where not only that guy continues to play at a high level, but the team that ships him out, the Vikings, obviously, comes out ahead too. Vikes obviously got Justin Jefferson in the equation when it was all said and done. But Diggs in Buffalo has been an absolute baller, man. He's really helped Josh Allen take his game to the next level as a passing quarterback, which if you're a Bills fan, that was worth its weight in gold alone. Multiple Pro Bowls, and without a doubt, one of the top 10 wideouts in the game, if not top five, arguably, maybe one of the best route runners in the NFL as we speak. In fact, who's your top three or four route runners, Sam? I mean, Devontae Adams, Amari Cooper, J.J., Cooper Cup. Stephon Diggs is right there in the mix. Yeah, I mean, uh, I don't think I need to add to that list. I think that you you hit it on the head there. Um, he is one of the the great players in the game. And it's unbelievable the Vikings found a way to replace him, not only, you know, uh, one for one, but maybe even getting a little more value in Justin Jefferson than Stefan Diggs had. Uh, one of the great trades in NFL history, if we were doing a rank them on that particular topic. Before I give you my number three, a reminder that we're brought to you by FanDuel Sportsbook. It's an official sportsbook partner of Locked On. And just because the NBA is done, the NHL is done, you can still bet baseball. You can still live bet the U.S. Open in golf. You can bet the WNBA. There are hundreds of ways to wager at FanDuel Sportsbook. The app is very secure and easy to use, or you can go online, access FanDuel.com slash locked on. If you're a new customer, you can get a no sweat first bet up to $2,500 back in bonus bets. If your first bet doesn't win, yes, $2,500. Again, that app has good promotions all the time. In addition to that, no sweat first bet. So check those out. You get paid instantly when you win. It's the best place to wager this summer. It's FanDuel Sportsbook, FanDuel.com slash locked on. Make every moment more. My number three, Luke, you touched on him in your honorable uh, honorable mentions, Brad Johnson, number three on my list. Now, Brad Johnson had a healthy Vikings career and, in fact, had a better winning percentage with the Vikings than he did with the Buccaneers. He went 26-23 and 23 in 49 starts with the Bucs, 28-18 and 18 in 46 starts with the Vikings. Former ninth-round pick. Very good value for that draft pick. But this guy went on to be a Super Bowl champion, and that's going to hold a little bit of weight. He had a really good year in 2002. 22 touchdowns, six interceptions. He was the perfect quarterback, Luke, on a team that didn't need elite offensive play. They just needed you to not screw it up because their defense was so darn good. And Brad Johnson was kind of the perfect high-end game manager quarterback that season. Really didn't need to do anything fancy in the playoffs, Luke. They won their three playoff games by 25, 17, and 27 points. A cakewalk to a Super Bowl. Brad Johnson got a ring shortly after leaving Minnesota. Love it. Number two on my list, a lot like Stephon Diggs, who kind of left with that bar set so high, but still not only reached it, but exceeded it and more, which is wild to say when you're talking about somebody like Randy Moss. But it's true. 
I mean, sure, he had the lost years in Oakland like everyone does. You go to Oakland, eh, forget about it for a year or two. But when this man got to New England, game over. Brady to Moss, that phrase still lives rent-free in those fans of the AFC East for all those years. Those two were quite literally unstoppable, Sam. Even against the best DBs in the league like Darrell Revis, Revis Island, twice a year, Moss owned him. The bar was high, but he shattered those expectations which I think speaks volumes to just how dominant Randy Moss was in New England. Obviously, as a Moss fan, a little bummed he didn't get a ring despite going 18-0 that magical season. But, um, yeah, it, it's one of those things that Randy Moss will always be a Viking at heart, but would have been great to see him finish out his career in Minnesota and not have the messy divorce like they did. Yeah, um, Moss is – I think he's going to be on this list forever. Uh, you would have loved to see Moss be, if not a career-long Viking, more of an at, in in an Adam Thielen sense, where it's uh, you, everyone's still friends, right? Mm -hmm. Like everyone was still cool with each other, and I don't know if it's always been cool with Randy Moss uh, in Minnesota. Stefan Diggs is my number two. Stefan Diggs, three-year stretch with Buffalo, three hundred thirty-eight receptions, four thousand one hundred eighty-nine yards. 29 TDs taking his game to an entirely different level. And Luke, he was kind of borderline a thousand yard receiver in Minnesota. Most of those years, you, you said to yourself, well, this guy's really good, but he gets banged up a lot. And he usually ends up with 800, 900 yards. You know, what can he really do in the NFL? Can he be an elite alpha? Well, yeah, the answer was absolutely. Yes, he can be Vikings fortunate to get a first round pick. Justin Jefferson uh, comes with that, and the rest is history. But Diggs and Buffalo, on average, over 100 receptions per year, about 1,400 yards per year, about 9, 10 touchdowns per year. Uh, what a run. And he's another guy who's been in the news, kind of disgruntled there in Buffalo, perhaps. They say it's resolved now. We'll see what he does in 2023. But he's my number two. And I'm dying to see who your number one is, Luke, because I can't immediately think of who it might be because you've already done Diggs. You've already done Moss. Who you got? Sam, if you had to pick one thing that has plagued this franchise in big moments in the last 30 years, what, what's cursed this team in crucial situations and critical junctures to get them over the top oh, and I into know. the promised land? I what would it be, it Sam? What would I it be? I know who it is. Yep. It's kicking. It's kicking. It's Gary kicking. Anderson to go to the bowl. Blair Walsh, chip shot in the playoffs. Even Greg Joseph in Arizona a few years back. There's a million of them. So knowing that, what if I could tell you, you could draft the best kicker to come out in years and all your kicking troubles and nightmares would finally be laid to rest. Every year, you could go into every new season knowing, well, yeah, I got a hole at D-tackle. I got a hole at wide receiver three. But at least I don't have to worry about this kicking situation. We're all set there. What a luxury. What a monkey off your back that would be, right? That'd be nice. Then what if I told you the GM actually did the impossible? He did draft you the best kicking prospect no. to come out in years, and now you got him. And sure, you're going to have to go through some rookie lumps along the way, a few speed bumps, but you know, you just have a little patience. You'll be rewarded with a top two kicker in the league for the next 10, 15 years. Obviously, I'm talking about Daniel Carlson here. Yes, he missed three kicks in Green Bay, was immediately cut, then links up with Vegas, turns out to be a Pro Bowl player ever since, and he's still just scratching the surface of his peak, of his prime. It's unbelievable, Sam, 
this is why bad teams stay bad. And, and as much as I love my Vikings, and as much as I appreciate all the great things Mike Zimmer did during his tenure here, cutting Daniel Carlson after two games will live rent-free in my head for the rest of time. This team could have rid themselves of their kicking woes once and for all, and instead, they kicked them out the door. No handshakes, no hugs, no severance package, just a cold boot to the curb. Thanks for the memories, Daniel Carlson. Eight quarters of NFL action we got out of you, and now we pay the price every offseason. We go into every new season wondering who's going to win this new kicking battle competition it's a plague sam and the vikings can't get out of their own way sometimes but daniel carlson my number one with a bullet because what that kicking position means to this franchise all the bad memories they could have rid themselves if they just had a little bit more patience i mean how many games a year do you think is decided by a kicker two maybe three yeah what's that worth like recent yeah recent vikings history like four Five, like it feels like Greg Joseph has been under the gun so many times mm-hmm. with those last second kicks, and it feels like he's about fifty percent with them. Sure, um, but a lot of games have come down to his leg. That's such a good answer. I mean, my number one's Randy Moss. I'd rather. I think Daniel Carlson's the better answer. Like it's that's the low key one because he only played two games, Luke. Yeah. Two games in Minnesota, and you know what? Credit to to Oakland, now Las Vegas. Because in 2019, Carlson wasn't that good either. He was only mm-hmm. 73%. It took him a couple years in Oakland. Um, and then once they went to Vegas, maybe he's just really comfortable on the Las Vegas Strip. Because yeah, starting yeah. in 2020, 94%, 93%, 92% on field goals. Hasn't missed more than three in a season. And uh, his extra points are spectacular as well. So, yeah, that's a wonderful Stings. answer. It stings, man. I I mean, like, what's an elite Justin Tucker worth as far as game goes? So Joseph hits 50%. Okay. So let's say a Justin Tucker type hits 92, 93% of those game-winning kicks. I mean, that's an extra game and a half, potentially two games every year. Mm -hmm. That's the difference from winning eight games versus 10 and getting into the playoffs every year. The impact of cutting this man way too prematurely that could haunt this franchise for another decade plus. Yeah, it's a it's a great answer. Um, a little more on Moss, who is my mm-hmm. number one. I did have to waffle a little bit between Moss and Diggs. Now, remember I gave the three-year Diggs stat line? Yeah. So Moss, 2007 through 2009 with New England, 250 receptions. Diggs had 338. Moss, wow. 3,765 yards. Diggs had 4189, so about 400 more. Big difference in touchdowns though. Randy Moss 47 TDs to Diggs 29. Mm. Randy Moss kind of took the bomb, the deep ball that Cunningham and he invented and brought it to Brady in New England and kept it going. Like he didn't he set the touchdown record in 2007? I think he did. Yeah, like 21, 22 uh touchdown receptions, something crazy yeah, like that yeah, broke Jerry Rice's record. Potentially, yeah, like an insane and that was the perfect season. And if they finish off that Super Bowl, Moss would have had the game-winning touchdown. Remember, he's That's the one right. who scored before Tyree had the helmet catch and then Burris had the the go-ahead TD for New York. But I still think that Moss based on what he represented to Minnesota, having to watch him, having to watch your ex go and have that much success with their third 
spouse because Oakland, that was the that was the rebound. That didn't go very well. But then settling down with New England, the most successful franchise of the 2000s, and becoming their star, that hurt. That really hurt. Um, and I think and I think because you didn't have a Justin Jefferson to replace him, you had Troy Williamson. Um, I think it hurt a little more than Diggs. So I'm twenty-three I'm, touchdowns. Twenty-three touchdowns, Sam. Yeah. In 2007, Jerry Rice, 22 touchdowns in 1987. Just looking up the all-time most touchdowns in a single season. Do you remember who holds the record? It's not a receiver. Uh, it's either LT or Sean Alexander. LT, 31 touchdowns in 06. That was the year after Sean Alexander broke Priest Holmes' record in 2005 mm-hmm. with 28. A lot of running backs on the list, but Randy Moss, 23 touchdowns. Unbelievable. Yeah, number one. Can't go wrong with Moss at number one. Yeah, if I had to do it again, I'd probably find a place for Daniel Carlson, though. That was a very, very good choice on your part. I also jotted down Terry Allen as an honorable mention. He had a couple thousand-yard seasons with Washington. And, and he had a 21-touchdown season as well with Washington wow. after okay. leaving Minnesota. Terry Dang. Allen, the running back. Yeah. Uh, Fred Robbins, low-key, second-round mm-hmm. pick yeah. for the Vikings, went on to New York and had 32 sacks in eight years as a defensive tackle, 109 starts after Dang. leaving Minnesota. So Fred Robbins, kind of a sneaky one there. Yeah, Any again, other, just uh, honing on the uh, you know last 10, 15 years, I thought about Percy Harvin. You know, he really didn't do much in Seattle, yeah. but on the big stage, he takes that kickoff back in the Super Bowl. He has two long rushes for like 60 yards, grabbed a couple balls as well. Probably the offensive Super Bowl MVP kind of dismantled a little bit in Buffalo those final few years, but he came to mind. J. Ron Curse has been rock solid for Dallas mm-hmm. over there. Seventh round pick, obviously. Mike Zimmer got his money's worth here in Minnesota, but still kicking it, still getting starting time and a lot of snaps over there in Dallas in that secondary. You always think about Teddy B. I know he's kind of the journeyman now, quarterback too, but Teddy B's road after Minnesota has been an interesting one. Had some down years for sure and some down moments, but Plenty of up moments as well. Plenty, plenty of good moments. There was one guy I kind of forgot about. Anthony Harris kind of did the opposite. He left yeah. Minnesota on a high note, signed that big contract in Philly. Boy, he really disappeared really quick, didn't he? Maybe that was – did Marcus Epps take his job? Because Marcus Epps could be on the list. He did. He did. Marcus Epps took his job. Marcus Epps uh, coming from that Spielman regime there. Yeah, same draft class as Ole Udo and Blake Brandell and all those guys. Um, yeah, t- couldn't make it to the 53 on, on the Vikings, uh, roster, obviously, but goes to show Rick Spielman knew what he was doing more times than not, not all miss, not all hits, excuse me, but, um, he could find those, those talented guys on day three. It was just up to the coaches to find a spot for him. Great list, Luke. Great show. Once again, it's Minnesota sports rank the show that settles debates and starts new ones. He's on Twitter at Luke underscore Spinman. I'm at Sam Ekstrom. Friday, we have the Lockdown Sports Minnesota Roundtable with Ron Johnson and Reggie Wilson. So we'll talk to you tomorrow here on Lockdown Sports Minnesota. Until when, uh, until then, he's Luke. I'm Sam. Thanks for watching. Please subscribe, share, let your friends know about the show. We'll talk to you on Friday.